welcome to our latest Trends Talk. Uh, joining you again, I am Connor Lokar, an economist on the team here at ITR. Uh, and today we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the retail landscape, which is uh, a refreshing change of pace for us. You know that we are typically a little more industrially inclined as far as our, our client base and talks are concerned. But today we're going to be looking at uh, the retail environment um, and examining that it's actually slowing down and is going to continue to do so over the next few quarters. Now, for those of you paying attention, you might have seen that the uh, second quarter GDP report was actually pretty good as far as uh, the consumer is concerned. The consumer held up uh, relatively well, particularly when we contrast that more towards the private industrial sector. When we look at uh, private fixed non-residential investment. We actually saw that contract year over year in the second quarter. So the uh, afterburn that was applied by the uh, tax reform package in 2018 is officially uh, burnt off, it would seem, as we saw that contraction in non-residential investment uh, year over year for the first time since 2016, while U.S. personal consumption was actually well above year ago uh, levels and accelerated slightly. Uh, and it really buoyed that overall 2Q GDP figure. Now, uh, that one data point does not mean that retailers are, are out of the woods and out of distress uh, in 2019 and the first stage, uh, early stage of 2020. Uh, in fact, when we look at deflated retail sales, and uh, for those of you that don't know what that means, deflated just means inflation adjusted. So when we take price increases out of it, looking at a more intrinsic look uh, at growth and overall retail sales, we see retail sales are growing at an annualized pace uh, of one and a half percent. Now that is, um, particularly for the U.S. retail environment, that is anemic, flat out. That's the slowest rate of growth that we've seen in 23 months. Uh, if we see that tick down further, we're going to start flirting with the slowest sense coming out of the Great Recession. Uh, and our collection of leading indicators do tell us that this slowdown is going to drag on uh, through the end of this year and, and well into the first half uh, of next year. In fact, one of our favorites, uh, the ITR Retail Sales Leading Indicator, uh, recently released, put together by uh, a colleague of mine, um, it's really been signaling this um, for quite some time. It's actually been uh, actually calling for a reversal in the second half of next year. So we have to really just sustain uh, this medium to short term slowdown. Uh, even e-commerce retail sales have been unable to avoid the slowdown. They're currently uh, sitting near their lowest levels of growth this decade. Um, albeit that's still a near 12 to 13 percent annualized increase, but we do see something slowing down there as well. Now, the U.S. and global retail landscape has really been one of the fastest evolving uh, parts of the economy over the last decade with uh, obviously surging e-commerce serving as that forest fire of creative destruction that's uh, been so disruptive during that time. But uh, the pressures retailers and, and other operators within the retail supply chain are going to be facing are really going to be heightened uh, over the next three or four quarters uh, as consumer spending slows. And, and again, not necessarily to a crawl, but uh, compared to the last uh, couple of years, 2017 and 18 in particular, uh, we are going to see things uh, quite sluggish here in the near term. Now, on the brick and mortar side of things, we know that uh, brick and mort uh, mortar has really been a slow and steady casualty to the e-commerce revolution, but uh, it would seem that in this cycle, uh, the pain is biting even harder. Uh, when we look at private shopping mall construction, for example, that's down 30.8% uh, year over year. Um, severe contraction only bested by um, you know, the Great Recession as far as recent precedents concerned as far as um, severity of decline. Uh, when we look at a broader retail segment, private multi-tenant retail constructions down 23% uh, overall in the last couple of quarters, displaying some statistical similarities to 2008, 2009, just in terms of severity 
of uh, decline. Now, this distress, again, it's nothing new, but it is it statistically from what we track as far as construction figures from the U.S. Census Bureau, it's intensified over the last year. Uh, and, and we're going to see consumers are going to continue to trend away from that. Showrooming, uh, when customers look at items in store only to leave and, and order them those same items on their phones from somewhere else, probably Amazon, uh, is likely to continue. I do it. I'm sure you do it. Uh, we all do it. And as consumer price sensitivity ticks up here on the backside of the business cycle, we are seeing uh, disposable income is slowing down. We're seeing a number of consumer confidence metrics. While they're not our favorite uh, as far as leading indicators, they do have their value at times. We are seeing those are largely on the backside of the business cycle. So we're gonna see a, a consumer whose uh, price sensitivity is gonna lend itself more towards um, the e-commerce environment and, and price searching, and it's gonna further hurt brick and mortar retailers. But again, not necessarily anything new for them. Developers and contractors servicing uh, shopping center, or you know, could be outdoor shopping mall or, or the conventional malls, although not much of those anymore. They should prepare for more decline in this market over the next year. Uh, and another option for maybe property owners that do have those underperforming retail assets is maybe using this law in the cycle, repurposing those locations as uh, distribution and, and uh, excuse me, fulfillment centers, You know, converting it to a more valuable asset with an eye to the future. On the inventory side of things, another issue is going to be retailers and OEMs, for that matter, are already dealing with bloating inventories. Uh, retailers are going to want to avoid the trap of tying up all their cash in inventory, as well as saddling themselves with the associated carrying costs of that product uh, as consumer demand uh, ultimately slows down as it is currently and will continue to do so moving forward. As we're really going to see inventory turns start to slow down. Uh, further up the supply chain, when we look at OEM new orders uh, to inventories ratio from the U.S. Census Bureau, we're seeing that is compressing towards uh, one, indicating inventory bloat uh, relative to orders growth. If we see that move below one uh, officially, uh, we're, we've seen inventories start to surpass uh, orders from a growth percentage uh, perspective. Now, and again, this is a challenging environment, particularly for brick and mortar retailers, because it's going against everything retailers have been conditioned to in recent years as the instant consumer wants and needs and expectations of everything now uh, in order to meet that consumer demand and that necessarily speed and convenience means having or excuse me, having adequate inventory pools to meet that order demand instantly. So it's going to be a delicate balance where you're going to want to watch your inventory levels, but again, you're going to have to stay competitive in that e-commerce um, landscape because waiting a few days in today's retail landscape is just unacceptable. Uh, but avoiding overstocking is going to be crucial. So you have to discount to, to move uh, excess inventory and gut your profitability in the process or even throwing out items on the perishable, non-durable side of things. Uh, a silver lining perhaps on the logistics side of things for retailers is that in response to this retail slowdown, we've seen some relief in shipping rates, which is you know, really a welcome departure from the crushing increases in tight freight capacity that characterized 2017 and 18. We've seen the U.S. Uh, dry van line haul average rate uh, topped out at $1.88 uh, all in per mile in December and has actually mildly declined, very mildly, but declined nonetheless through the first half of 2019. So retailers that if if you're leveraging third-party fulfillment, uh, you should really look at and consider late 2019, early 2020 as an opportunity to you know, go to your shippers, your 3PLs, and try to negotiate lower rates and lock in guaranteed uh, warehousing space and lower rates for the next rising cycle. Now, granted, that's if you're comfortable with your current um, provider, if you do out outsource that part 
of the process because many 3PLs they've likely preferred month to month or shorter term contracting over the last few years to allow them to keep up with increasing market rates. Uh, but now they're likely to be spooked by this slowdown. So try to leverage that pessimism, uh, pessimism, excuse me, and uh, to your advantage, maybe even if you're comfortable, one, even two year contract to ride through with lower rates on that next upside, which we see just around the corner in the second half of 2020 and into 2021. Um, cause again, ultimately we are expecting this is, it's a continuation of a retail slowdown, not a great recession. So ensure your plan and budget, uh, reflects that slowdown activity and not cutting as if you're expecting a repeat of 2008, 2009, but a few of those items that I touched on today are likely to be sensitive points and perhaps a couple of areas of opportunity over the next year or so. I'm Connor Lokar. Thanks for joining.